0: So glad you have chosen to worship in the house today. It's one thing to watch online. We welcome all of our online listeners today, but it's another thing to be in the house and the Lord moves in the house so much more powerful. You know, it's like watching online. It's like going to a fireplace on your TV. It looks pretty. And You get the gist of it, but you don't, you don't experience the warmth until you're here in the house, man. When you're here in the house, you feel the fire, and you feel the fire of what God's doing. We encourage you, to stop in, be our guest. We would love to meet you. Now, today, we are going to continue in a series today that we started last week. And Last week, I talked to you about how a good coach knows when to motivate you, when to push you, when to correct you, when to pat you on the back, when to praise you. A good coach knows how, you know, I've had a lot of good coaches in my life from grade school through junior high and high school through college. I I had different coaches and the best coaches usually offended me at some point. They usually offended, but it was okay that they offended me because they did it in love. The ones who do it in love, and I know they're trying to pull the best out of me are the ones that I respected. And the ones that I really gravitated toward. Because I knew that if I would lean into what they were doing, they were going to pull me up to a new level. They were going to make me a better player. They were going to make this team better. And so I had to buy and go all in and trust them. And sometimes I had to be offended. And sometimes I had to be motivated. And sometimes I had to be inspired. And so this series is one of those series, it's really not for the spiritual week. I will tell you that up front. This series is not for the spiritual week. If you're a spiritual pansy, you'll probably be offended today, all right? I know I just offended somebody. See, right there. It's okay. I love you, and you know I love you. But sometimes we gotta we gotta hear the truth and we gotta have someone come on and say, All right, enough's enough. It's time for us to move it on up to the east side. Come on now. (laughs) We're moving on up to a different level, right? I'm going to talk to you about stop being the victim. Stop being the victim, part two today. Let's go right into our text. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. One more time, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behaviors of this world. We are not to copy the behaviors, the customs, the world's way of thinking. The world's way of thinking will have you believing everyone's a victim. Look at this statement today. The world says everybody is a victim. The world tells you you're a victim. I mean, we don't take very long. We can find that someone will side with you and say you're a victim. You're either a victim because of your gender. You're either a victim because of your age. You're either a victim because of your race. You're either a victim because of this and that. I mean, we have all different areas where the world is trying to teach us all that we're all victims. But why is that important? Because you got to understand something. That the word of the Lord is different. The world says one thing, but the word says everybody's a victor. That you are more than an overcomer. That you are victorious in God. That God has given you a spirit of a champion inside of you. There's a spirit of a conqueror inside of you today. And you got to learn to step up and say, I'm not going to be a victim any longer you got to learn to step up and say, I'm leaving behind the victim mentality. I'm not going to be a casualty to that anymore, but instead, I'm going up. Man, I'm moving on up. I'm going forward in God. Don't copy the way the world thinks. The way the world thinks will keep you locked in to a victim mentality. But the word, listen, you'll never know unless you get into the word. How much God has called you out of a victim mentality and says, son and daughter, you are much bigger than that. God has given you a new spirit. God has given you a new mind. God has given you a new way of thinking. God has given you a clean heart. God has given you a new purpose, a new vision, a new way of seeing things. And so you got to leave that because you'll never get there if you're hanging on to a victim mentality. We're not to think like the world. Don't let the world, listen, the reason why we think like the world is because we're reading all day long what the world is telling us. It used to be we, we believe what the news says, now we believe what social media says. So now we, we're all day long listening to everybody else's opinion about us, what the world says about us. Everybody's fighting on social media to be the biggest victim. Everybody's starving for attention Everybody else's life is better than mine. Everybody else's husband takes them out. My husband doesn't. Everybody else gets a new car. I don't get a new car. Everybody else is going on vacation. I don't get a vacation. Everybody else's kids are perfect. No, they're not. Everybody's showing you the world they want you to see. Yeah, Let's get behind closed doors and realize there's trouble behind closed doors. There's turmoil. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of unhealthy things going on. We just put in, Everybody puts out there what we want people to see and what is causing us, well, I'll never have that. And everybody's telling you a victim. You feel like a victim. And that's just the opposite of what God wants you to understand. See, listen, the victim is defined by their past. A victim never leaves the abuse of their past. A victim never leaves that I was hurt in my past. A victim stays tied to the things that happened in my life that were hurtful, that damaged me, and I'm gonna be damaged goods for the rest of my life. But listen, God has called you more than that. You are more than a sum total of your past. You are more than the past mistakes. You are more than the abuse you suffered. You are more than the hurtful words that did damage to your life. I'm here to declare a new season over your life. I'm here to declare a new word over your life. You are more than a victor. You are more than a conqueror. God has given you this in your life. you got to understand it. you got to believe it Know it. You are called to be a victor. God's word is defined you by who God says you are. See, A victor is defined by who God says you are. I may have been this, but God has called me on up. God is calling me, and God is healing me. God has forgiven me of my past mistakes. God's healing my heart that was abused. God is healing my mind that was abused. God's healing my body that was abused, and he's allowing me to love again. He's allowing me to trust again. He's allowing me to dream again. I'm not going to stay a prisoner to the victim's chair any longer. You gotta understand it. You are greater, you are greater. Listen, you are the head and not the tail. You gotta understand that. You are more than a conqueror. There may be seasons of pain, but it does not define you. God defines you. And God has to find a word over your life. And when you read the word, it's full of the promises of God that speak life over you, not death. God speaks life over your situation and not death. Look at first Corinthians. Here. Now, look what it says in 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reason as a child. But when, let's say this word again, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Can I ask you a question? When is when? You ever thought about that? When is is when I grew up. When did I grow up? When did I grow up? Every child in my home grew up at different times. Some grew up a little faster than others. Some are still catching up. We won't call out any names, but anyway. But what I can tell you with every child, just like your children and my children, just like us, Everybody matures faster. Everybody leaves childhood faster. It's a different thing. And the same thing goes in this room as well. If we talk about spiritually mature people, that there's some people in this room that I've met are 10, 11, 12 years old because they grew up in and out of hospitals. And they knew their life was not expected to be a long time. They had a different grasp at a young age on what was important. They had a different grasp on eternity. They had a different grasp on relationships. They had a different grasp. They didn't grow up me-centered. They grew up like, you know what, i, I got to love as much as I can now. They grew up fast. They should have had to, but they did. And uh, there's other people I know that are 40 plus. And still learning what's really the most important things in life. They have never gotten past that I'm the most important thing in life. I'm a victim, I'm this, I'm that, it's my happiness. You don't see that in scripture because to live a happy life, you gotta get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on God and the kingdom of God. And so when you made it all about you, then of course I'm gonna stare at my failures, my problems, my victim's things, and it keeps me locked there. And the Bible says, I want you to leave this childish behavior. I want you to leave this alone. I've met people who've gone on in church, who've been saved and following Jesus two, three years, that are way more mature than people I know who have been in church for decades. And I know the people in, who've come to church for decades are great people. You, you had initial experience with God. You gave your life to God. You're following God. But you've never learned to surrender all. And you've never learned. To, yeah, you've had moments where you feel God's presence touching you. You have moments where you feel inspired and God's spirit presence is going on. But you've never gotten past yourself. And see, there's other people I know, in just a short time, they've, they've learned to surrender their heart fully to God. They're just trusting God in every area of their life. And their life begins to blossom because they've given up childish things. They said, God, it's about the kingdom first. And when you take on a kingdom first mentality, that means you die the childish things. So when do you grow up? When I put away childish behavior. That's when I grow up. It's not an age. It's a time when you say enough's enough. When my children say, Dad, I think I'm old enough to clean my own room. Dad, I think I'm old enough to start helping around the house. Dad, I think I'm old enough to buy my own gas. Dad, I think I'm old enough to pay for my own meal. I'm like, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Revival's breaking out in the house. My son, my daughter—they're growing up. It's something that happens when they take more responsibility. They leave childish behavior. Where it's all about me. What can you do for me, Dad? What can I get from you, Dad? Dad, what can you, Dad, Dad, Dad? What can I do to help? That's when you see childish behavior leaving that person, and that person taking a step toward maturity. Look at spiritual immaturity. It's all about me. Spiritual maturity, it's about me. It's about me. I, I got to get the attention. I, I need God, you got to do this for me. I need people to do this for me. I need people to help me. I need all this. It's all about me. Spiritual maturity puts it all about me. But I want you to know that mature Christians, maturity, spiritual mature, it's all about the kingdom. God, I, I've left child. It's not about me. What, what can I do to help the kingdom? How can I serve the kingdom? How can I contribute to the household? How can I help around here? How can I serve? How can I be a part of advancing the, I'm all in, dad, give me something to do. I want, guys, it's not about me. It's about us. It's about the bigger picture. It's about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. How do I help others? How do I reach others? Listen, if you're going to break, look at this. If you're going to break the victim mentality, you must stop complaining. <laughs> I told you I was going to offend you today, right? <laughs> Some of you complaining already. That offends you. I tell you right now, you got to stop complaining. If you want to break it, complaining will keep you into a spirit of a victim more than anything else always complaining about never, nothing's ever right, nothing's ever going to go right, it's not, I had the worst time. Some of you know right now, as soon as you go to work tomorrow, you know there's going to be a certain person that you're going to try to avoid. Because as soon as you see them, they're going to be telling you just how bad their weekend was. They're going to complain to you how bad they had this weekend. And you're going to start and be like, you know what, I want to avoid that person Why? Because people avoid people who complain all the time. The spirit of complaining will keep you locked in a victim mentality. And we get into a habit. Don't even realize we're always complaining. People get in a habit. Don't even realize it happens. I'm always complaining. Don't even realize it's happening. And then you're like, Pastor, no one likes me. I'm a victim. No one cares for me. I'm a victim. No one wants to be my friend. I'm a victim. Yeah, because you're always complaining. If nobody ever told you this, listen to your pastors today. Nobody wants to be around a complainer all the time. I don't know why my husband ever wants to be home. Mm, I'm just saying. I don't know if my wife doesn't want to go out with me anymore. I'm just saying. Just check in the mirror and make sure. Are, are you always complaining? You know what people are drawn to? People who compliment, people who praise, people who speak good things, people who have good things to share, people who have exciting things to share, people who say, you're doing a good job, man, I appreciate you, man, are you losing weight? Hey, would you like to lose weight with me? Whatever it is. People are drawn to people who don't have a victim mentality, but said, you know what, I'm going forward in Jesus. I'm going to make a move forward. Galatians 4, now look at this. Let's get to this verse now. I want you to draw in to me here. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and verse 6 and 7, then skip to verse 9. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, Those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. That means Daddy God. Now you are no longer a slave. Come on, let's say it together. Now you are no longer a slave, but what? God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So now that you know God, Or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak, the useless, and spiritual principles of this world? So what he's saying here is simply this, that it does no good to have an inheritance if you ain't old enough to get it. You still, you can't enjoy it until you reach a certain age. And for many of us here, you've been given an inheritance of God, but because you're spiritually immature, you haven't walked in the blessing of your inheritance. Instead, you want to go back and be a slave to the victim mentality. You want to go back and all oh, about me. Oh, it's my, my way. What makes me happy? What makes me a better person? All this all about me, 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 me. And it keeps me locked into a victim's mentality. I want people to feel sorry for me. I get attention from it, and I learn to thrive off the negative attention. Listen, why would you want to go back and be a slave when you are an heir of God? Why would you want to go back and be a victim when you are a child of God? And why would you want to be a prisoner when he has set you free? Why? Come on, now you gotta know something. I've been set free. I don't want to go back to the person I used to be, who the son is set free. It's what? Free indeed. Stop fighting over the victim's chair. For many of us here, we've spent all day and all of our effort fighting over being the victim. We wanna be in the victim's chair. Not realizing that God's got a different chair for us, full of promise, full of hope, full of peace, full of purpose, full of vision, full of healing. Man, he's got so much better for us, but we're spending all of our time trying to fight over the victim's chair. We're trying to see who can get this chair, who needs it. You know, we we fight for this chair. This is my chair. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're going to get to work tomorrow. And there's going to be certain people fighting over who's the biggest victim at work, who had the worst weekend, who has the worst husband, who has the worst family, who's got the most bills. Oh, I mean, all these things are going to come out. It's always about victim, and you're fighting all of this. Listen, let's look at this statement. Let's stop using our energy to recycle our pain. We use all of our energy to recycle our pain. We're hanging on to this. with, Oh, dear life. <laughs> We're hanging on. We ain't going to give it up. Because this is all we know. And right here, next to us. Here, I- I'm bound. There, I'm free. Here, I'm depressed. There, I have peace. Here, I have no hope. There, I'm full of hope and purpose. Here I have no joy. There joy runs over. My my cup overruns in my life. Surely goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. I am a victor. But we're spending all of our energy trying to fight over a chair you shouldn't want. Come on now. You got to know. You got to know this. Pastor, I I don't have the energy. (laughs) I don't have the energy to get to there. I, I was hurt so bad. I was wounded so bad. I don't have the energy to make it over to the victor's chair. I know you don't have the energy because you're spending all of your energy hanging on. You're spending all of your energy fighting over this chair, that you don't use that energy to break through to a new chair, to a new place that God wants you to sit. God wants you to sit in the victor's chair. God wants you to sit here, and you're using all of your energy to hang on to here. They're trying to pull you away. No, I ain't leaving that. That's my identity's trapped in there. That's the person I've been so long. I don't know how to be not that. Listen, God has called you to be set free. Look look at this today. I want you to see this. Ephesians 4, 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, now throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is so corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the, what, Let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Let Him renew your attitudes. Put on the new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Are you following me today? Make your mind up that I'm not going to sit in this chair any longer. Make your mind up right here in your mind. I am renewing my thoughts. Here, I'm staying in my bad thoughts. Here, I'm renewing my mind. God, I am who you said I am. God, I am more than a conqueror. God, I am receiving my healing. God, I'm bigger than my past mistakes. God, I'm bigger than my abuse. God, I'm bigger than the hurtful words that damaged me as a child. I'm bigger than my excellent. I'm bigger than anything I went through. God, I am bigger. Your mind is being renewed in the word of the Lord. Let God's word renew your mind right now. It's what happened. I'm putting on my new attitude, my new nature. Stop sitting in the victim's chair. Choose every day to get out of this chair. Choose every day to say, I'm not going back there. Choose every day to get out. Look at Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Letting my sinful nature, it leads to death. Letting the victor's nature, it leads to life. Peace, right here. Where are you choosing to sit every day? God has set us free. And can I say this? It's not enough. Look at this. It's not enough to get free if you're not free in your mind. See, the son came. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He grew up and he died for our life, right? Jesus came and died for us. And the Bible says, who the son is set free is free indeed. His blood came to rescue me, to forgive me my sins, and to set me free. So I've been set free, but in my mind, if I think I'm a prisoner... I'm a prisoner. In my mind, if I think I'll never get better, I'll never get better. In my mind, if I think I'm just a victim of my past mistakes, I'll never get better. In my mind, if I think I'll never love again, I'll never love again. If you mind, if I think I'll never have someone who appreciates me, I'm only going to get abused, but then you'll continue to get abused you got to understand something today that God has set you free and in your mind, you got to tell your mind, mine, I'm set free. Mine, I'm getting out of this place. Mine, I'm going to leave this place of being a victim and I'm going to walk in the fullness of who God says I am. I am no longer a casualty to making my mistakes and being a victim. God has now healed me and God is setting me free. Someone say amen to that. You have to receive this grace. See, a victim's chair has no hope. This chair has no hope. We sit in this chair. No one likes me. No one will ever love me. No one cares about me. Nothing will ever go right. Victim's chair right here. Huh? We, every, everybody's here. But over here in the victor's chair, even if even if nobody likes me, even if nobody cares for me. There was somebody who loved me enough to give his life on the cross for me. There was somebody who loved me enough to call me daughter, to call me son, and to pull me out of the grave I was in and through his blood has resurrected my life again has forgiven me my sins and he's broke off my life, the victim mentality. See, some of you, what you need to do, you need to take your victim's chair and you need to set it out and put it on Craigslist and say, somebody come and pick this up. I don't want it anymore. Give it up to somebody else. You've sat in that chair long enough. You sat in that chair long enough, you got a butt print right there permanent because you've been sitting there every day. You got to get up. Say, get rid of that old thing. It's time for me to get something new right now. It's time for me to get something new, and I'm going to walk a victor in God. Quit looking for everybody else to affirm you when God's word has already affirmed you. See the victim's chair? I get affirmation from being a victim. That's how we learn to get affirmation. How we learn to get attention. But from the victor's chair, I'm already who God says I am. God has already paid the price for my freedom. God has already done something in my life. I know who I am, daughter. I know who I am, son. Have the courage to cut off people who continue to feed into your victim state. Some of you know, I can go right here. And I know who to text right now. I know who to call right now. If I want them to give me some victim pity, right? You know who you can call right now, and they'll feel sorry for you, and they'll feed right into that victim mentality. Have the courage to cut that off. Say, no, I'm not going to look for affirmation there. I'm moving on. That's going out to the curb. I'm putting in a new place to sit in my life. It's the victor's chair. Stop feeding off this attention and learn to feed off what God says you are. Today, as we get ready to close, I want to leave you with one more strong statement. Are you ready for this? Turn to your neighbor and say, can you handle the truth? Are you ready? Let's look at it. Ready? It's time to take off your spiritual diapers and to put on your spiritual armor. How about that? It's time for me to take off my spiritual diapers. That thing stinks, man. That place stinks. It's been full and running over the bad way. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. That diaper blew out years ago. how many know it's time for me to take off that spiritual diaper and it's time for me to put on my full armor of God and go to battle. I'm coming over here and putting on my full armor of God and saying enough's enough. I'm getting out of this place right here. I'm coming against every evil word, every evil thought against my life. I'm going to stand up to the enemy. As for me and my house, we're going to live for God. We're going to serve God. We're going to walk in the blessings of God. We're going to see God's fullness in our life. How many agree that's the man. Amen. Son and daughter, today I want you to leave the victim mentality and say, God, I'm ready to walk in the victor spirit today. That's who I am. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word, which corrects us, which pushes us, which molds us. Thank you, God, that in our brokenness, in our own sin, you came and died for us, that you gave your life for us. With every head bowed in this room, if you're here, say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender my life fully to Jesus. Today's my day. I need to give Jesus my life. The Bible says that the way we come into a Father, of Jesus is simply this. We put our faith in the finished work of the cross. We believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, God's only son. And that he died for the sins of the world, including mine, on the cross. And the only way that my sins could ever be forgiven is by me putting faith that he died for my sins and that he is Lord of my life. That he was buried and on the third day he resurrected with the power of death, hell, and the grave. And today I want to put my trust in his lordship. I put my faith in his lordship and I'm ready to give my life to him. We won't do anything to single you out, but if God's calling you today to do that, Say, I just want to raise my hands. that's me, Pastor. I'm doing that. Today I'm putting my faith in God. Today. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Raise your hand high. If that's you, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Anybody else want to join them? Say, today's my day. Yeah, I see those hands. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me. As Christians around you, we're going to help you out loud as well. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all of my days in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer for the first time, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on now. Let's give it up. As you stand up across the room this morning, how many they say, Pastor, you... Once again, this week, you're preaching right to me. Anybody want to be honest? You're preaching right to me somewhere today. Something hit me. Raise your hand, Betsy. I want to see it. Come on, there you go. Keep them raised right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. That God, your spirit is moving among us. And God, I thank you that God, you are breaking off victim mentalities. You're breaking off victim spirits. And God, you're allowing us to walk. God, I pray right now that God, you allow us to leave the childish things in the spirit behind. God, pull us to a new level. God, where we lead the victim mentality and we step into the victor's mentality, that we are more the conqueror.